Blog Talk Radio. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Truscore. Live studios of 89.1 Ken's FM, and uh, we have a great show again tonight, and we have an action-packed show tonight with uh, Melanie Dyer, and we have our living legend who is going to be joining us, talking about all the stuff of AWA wrestling. We have Mario Mancini, and we have Donna Hamlin. And uh, it's going to be an action-packed show, and I cannot wait. So let's, uh, waiting in the wings, we have Granny Hulkster. How are you, Granny? I'm good. And uh, we have a special uh, guest host with us, and it is Tatiana Vitalino. How are you, Tatiana? Hi, I'm good. Um, This is Tatiana Vitello at Tokyo H Podcast, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live on 89.1, Ken's FM, with your host, The Icon, The Big Swing, and Granny Holster. Awesome. And uh, as I said, we have a, a great show tonight. We Our first guest will be calling here in about 15 minutes. So for all of you who uh, are just uh, joining us for the first time, I am The Icon. And uh, like I said, we have Granny, and we have our 
uh, a new segment that we're going to do on the show uh, every week because our main third wheel, Big Swing, is always busy running his bar, the bar that he bought. So, uh, you know, I guess when you get into the big time, you forget about uh, uh, the little stuff and you concentrate on the big stuff, which we can't really blame him, but that's, that is what it is. So our first guest will be joining us here in about, I don't know, maybe 14 minutes or so. But in the meantime, uh, let's get a little background of our guest host, Tatiana. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi. Um, like I said, I'm Tatiana Vitiello. I no one can get that right, but it's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> um, I'm a podcast host. Uh, I've been a podcast host for about 11 months now, and I just hit 10,000 listeners the other day. So I'm really excited. Um, I'm so happy to be on your show. Um, I'm just a talker. I always say I'm not intrusive. I'm just nosy. Well, you know, when it, uh, I guess that comes with the, the territory of being a podcast host. And, uh, you know, we have a, uh, we're going to continue doing our, um, our due diligence to help out Cannes uh, FM 89.1. You go to our Facebook page. You like that? Off the ropes. Uh, you go to our Facebook page, Cannes uh, FM. You like that? Uh, do a $10 monthly donation. Uh, to Ken's FM, we'll get you qualified to win an autographed picture from a current guest, a future guest, or a past guest. Uh, so if you take care of those three items, we will get you qualified uh, for said drawing. And I know that, uh, Tatiana, I know that you're not much of an autograph giver, but uh, I'm sure that you'd be able to uh, help us out with that uh, when you get some autographed pictures or memorabilia or whatever you got. Yeah, I Absolutely. Actually, I sent it in, and it says it'll be there on the 4th. Perfect. And, uh, well, Granny, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to Granny, get a little update with Granny. So uh, how did uh, your uh, your football team fare this weekend? Mine didn't do so well. Well, we had a bye week. We don't play. We played Denver on the 5th of December. We, we had the week off, weekend off, so we had a bye week this week. So... Right now, as it stands, the Broncos beat the Chargers. The Raiders, you know, they beat the Cowboys, of course. So they're all, um, I believe, six and five. Kansas City is seven and four. So our next three games are against the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders. So if we can win all three of those games, we're going to move further up into first place, which I'm hoping that we do. <laughs> well, so you know, I'm, technically, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Uh, technically, since uh, your team did not play, <clears throat> technically we'll have to give you a win for the week because uh, uh, my team obviously did not win, and uh, Big Swing's team um well, let's see. I think did they did they squeak out a victory on how, uh, Thanksgiving night. I can't remember. Did they or did they? Well, not? no, they lost to the Raiders. They lost, yeah, to the Raiders. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they lost so, to the Raiders. Uh, so we probably will not be hearing touchdown Raiders uh, tonight played by Big Swing. I'm thinking probably not. Or how about them uh, Cowboys? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we probably won't be. We probably we probably won't be hearing uh, either of those. But, uh, you know, when Big Swing likes to eject himself, he always likes to play one of those. Touchdown Raiders! 
<laughs> okay. Well, uh, maybe he's listening. You had to open your mouth, my God. We have I'm to sorry. Quiet. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, That's okay. <laughs> well, uh, Tatiana, tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, your, your podcast. And, uh, you know, you mentioned you just went to 10,000 <laughs> listeners. Uh, tell us a little bit about it, how long you've been doing it, and uh, some of the, uh, the high points of your podcast. Okay, well, actually, um, I've been doing it 11 months. My release date was, uh, or my air date was December 27th um, last year. That was my birthday, and we did a birthday party at one of the, I started off in the gentlemen's club, and it's because I was a door girl for 12 years. So I got, you know, my break from there because a lot of the owners and managers would let let me in. I get a table. I know the girls. I know the owners, the customers. So I've just been going around to all the major clubs. And then I landed a big spot about two months in for the Super Bowl. That was, was a, it was last year um, here in Tampa Bay. And the Bucks won. Of course, that's our home team. Um, and I did a, a big five-part series live at the Dollhouse in Tampa with Warren Colazzo and I mean, that, that's what took off because it was the Super Bowl. We won. I'm not originally from here. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So I'm all about, you know, I went to Michigan State. and uh, But, you know, you're, you are where you live. So I'm here. I've been here almost 20 years. So I had to, I had to take it in. Um, that's what my autograph picture has is me and my Bucks jersey. Well, you know, uh, speaking of uh, Michigan State, I, I like Michigan State. I don't like the University of Michigan. Unfortunately, they Me beat my Buckeyes. They beat my Buckeyes uh, this weekend, and uh, I'm I I had a devastating weekend this weekend. But uh, I'm going to bounce back this weekend with uh, hopefully a big victory by NDSU. They play uh, the Salukis of Southern Illinois University on Saturday. Going to be there live for that game, and wow. uh, hopefully uh, hopefully my uh, my weekend will be better because, uh, you know, the Bison, they play uh, – the Bison, I'm sorry. The Vikings play yep. Detroit. So I, yeah. I should be able to come out 2-0 and this weekend, and uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. So our, our first guest will be calling in here in about uh, – uh, in a few minutes, uh, according to what uh, I just was texted. So when uh, they come on, we'll talk to them and uh, have some have some fun. But anyway, uh, like I say, unfortunately, uh, Big Swing is not here with us. Uh, he might pop in later. Uh, he is listening. Uh, I'm surprised he actually played that clip. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, that was a nice one. Yeah, uh, unless he uh, unless he hit the wrong clip, because uh, what he doesn't know is uh, the how about them Cowboys and the touchdown Raiders. What I did was. I actually changed the label for both of them. So, so uh, when you play, yeah, so when you play uh, Touchdown Raiders, uh, it's actually How About Them Cowboys. And when you play How About Those Cowboys, it's actually Touchdown Raiders. So, um, <laughs> well, now he knows, right? I, I don't know. He's going to say if he's listening. He, now he knows. If he's listening, he'll know. All right. Well, if if he's not, we won't tell him. We'll just let him think yeah. that uh, he's got the upper hand anyway. We're we're here on 89.1 Ken's FM in Fargo, North Dakota, and uh we uh we're going to take a little little time out here. 
We'll be back in about 60 seconds, and our uh, our next guest should be on with us, but we'll be back here in about uh, 60 seconds. I can play this correctly. Okay. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public Radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost. And it's as little as $10 a month. And uh, you want to keep hearing us on Monday nights, and you want to keep hearing all the great shows and music that Ken's FM uh, plays, uh, that $10 a month will go a long way to help out with that. So uh, we want you to definitely do that for us, and uh, you can keep us going, and uh, everything will be great. So anyway, so we're waiting for my next guest. Uh, In the meantime... Uh, well, well, we'll just keep talking to our gals here. Uh, any uh, anybody do anything interesting over the Thanksgiving holiday? Uh, Not really. Granny? I can't. I just went out. We went out with some friends for Thanksgiving Day for lunch to a Village Inn. So that's all we did. So. All right. Are you in Florida? Are you in Florida with me, Granny? No, I'm in Arkansas. Oh, okay. You said Village Inn, so I thought it was over. I'm in Florida. Is, is yeah, it we snowing? Have, we we have we have uh, we have a Village Inn restaurant. Couple, uh, one in Bentonville, Arkansas, and one in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Hey, is it snowing up in Nevada? No, near not Nevada. It's North Dakota. But. Right. I'm in, I'm in North Dakota. Uh, it's not snowing it? here. Uh, but our first guest is on with us here. So uh, I will uh, go ahead and uh, introduce her, and then we'll have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the reason why Hollywood still exists. She is the reason why you can turn on your TV and get fully entertained just like this radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Melanie Dyer. Hello, folks. This is Nova Jessa Scratch, your friendly neighborhood wastelander. You're listening to Attitude Era live on 89.1, Ken's FM with your host, The Icon, The Big Sling, and Granny Holster. Thank you guys so much for inviting me today. Well, we want to thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. (laughs) I almost forgot to tell you the truth about this. I I woke up briefly, and I was like, oh, my kids got me up. And they're like, remember, remember the show? And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) I rest on (laughs) you. Well, I'll tell you what, it wouldn't be the the first time someone forgot about, uh, but at least you didn't skip out of us completely. 
and uh, we have a – well, we, we won't talk about that. This is your time. So here's what we're going to do here, Melanie. If you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, and I'll ask you some questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. All right. Um, definitely the – Pretty much I started this uh, venture of cosplay back in 2016 with my tribe up here in Montana. Yeah, Montucky. Uh, we were called MT Souls originally. Um, we partnered up with a couple of different companies like uh, Zombie Tools. Um, what was the other uh, company name? The car company? Babe? Uh, Apocalypse Auto was the other company. Oh, okay. Sure. And then uh, what had happened was, was the boys had fabricated a uh, train winter snowplow onto a school bus <coughs> out of Troy, Montana that they purchased. Uh, so they, they're pretty big on just, you know, creating different vehicles. They had another one, what, what do you call it, babe, that they created at SCAT. There was uh, stop signs, like a bunch of signs that were fabricated for the body on that. Um, and then the one they jumped. The Fiero that they created, uh, again, out of different parts from all sorts of cars and vehicles. And then they, we attend this event once a year in September around the last week, I believe. Yeah, last week of September, you're immersed into the Mojave Desert uh, pretty much in cosplay that you create yourself, hand sewn everything from head to toe, uh, bring fabricated uh, vehicles from um, – people from all sorts of the world, even Australia, Japan, people from Japan came. That was insane to meet them. Um, you had people from the movies like Fury Road. Uh, what was his name? Nathan Jones attending the event. That was amazing. I, I have to say this on the side quickly. He, he ate off of my plate. I was so humbled. I was like, oh, my goodness. They ran out of the plates at the main made barbecue pit for everybody that they were serving the vendors and we were like yeah we brought a bunch you know you know costco is the big thing that we hit before we hit the event so uh and we were able to provide them with four plates and he wasn't going to be eating that the big giant guy wasn't going to be eating a tiny little bowl it's an awesome event <laughs> Well, well, since you were sharing your plate with uh, a big superstar like that, uh, it's a good thing that they allowed seconds because, uh, you know, you had to eat and so did he. <laughs> so, now, um, so uh, we'll, we'll kind of we'll go, uh, go through this a little bit. Uh, you know, the, uh, you know, I want to kind of start with, uh, with your character. Uh, now, your character's name is? Uh, Nova Justice Scratch. Uh, currently, Nova Justice Ladies Scratch. of Corrosion. Yeah. And uh, this uh, this this event that you guys do, you you know you mentioned you've been doing it a long time, and uh, has anybody approached you about uh, like maybe doing like a spin off of your character and uh, turning it into a, a different type of TV show? Because I think that'd be really cool. Oh, my goodness. We, um, MT Souls was originally contacted by, I think, a French documentary um, documentary reporter. And then there, they were also, uh, we were reached out for a movie. What was it, a short movie out in California? It, um, I don't know what became of that, but to, to say in the least, we had separated from that group. 
or it was called Scrubbers, I guess, and it was supposed to be what aliens and yeah. with the bus involved in the background and a little apocalyptic type of cyber. It was a, a C movie to say in the least, but uh, I, I never got to see any more of it. But you can totally look uh, Apocalypse Auto up and Zombie Tools up on YouTube. They have a bunch of stuff going on there, and I, I wish them the best luck in their endeavors. But uh, when we had separated, we created our own event um, that we got inspired from Wasteland called uh, Montana Quarantine. And um, I, we were actually going to work on a movie once we had established a lot of space, but, you know, the photography. Uh, we, had, we, we had hired some, but they fell through. So nothing ever became of it as of yet. But we would like to move in that direction, yes. That would be ex- so exciting. So, so, uh, <laughs> well, so if you if you decide to uh, if you decide to move in that uh, direction, what uh, would you be looking for? Would you be looking for uh, like an episodic TV series? Uh, maybe like uh, like maybe start out as a movie and then become uh, become a television show. What would your ultimate goal be? I think first uh, we would probably start with a comedy, right? Or comic book. Comic book, sorry. Oh, uh oh, are you still there? Yep, go ahead. Right here. Oh, sorry. I heard a beep, so I was like, oh no. Um, but uh we would start out as a comic book and then would you we would move into the movie first, then the series? Pilot. Pilot? Yeah, probably do a pilot episode after the comic release. So that's the All direction right. we were moving in. Uh, me and uh, Lobo here. And so pretty much our backstory real quick is just like he wakes up during radiation and a pile of bodies. She is uh, enslaved by her family, uh, her father and brothers. He comes and rescues her out of that enslavement uh, post-apocalypse, you know, after a nuclear war and everything like that. And so he's a little loopy. She's kind of not all there herself. And they kind of (laughs) go... work through the world, and she's kind of very uh, kind, causing a lot of chaos for him uh, unnecessarily. She doesn't know. She hasn't been outside her enslavement, so she's kind of adapting and assimilating to society as it is post-apocalypse, and he is just kind of holding on and, you know, being a sniper and getting her through and and congregating more people to join, and so that's what we were trying to uh, go out with that montage you know, Montana quarantine and expanding a community and grabbing them in and getting more people involved in that. Not just cosplay, but, I mean, gun shooting, uh, off-roading, camping, you know, a lot of communal stuff. So and we're moving, we were moving into that direction as well. So, sounds like uh, Melanie, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, Melanie Dyer is our guest here. we got about uh, 23 minutes here. Uh Let's uh, do a little roundtable. I'm sure my co-host would have some questions. Uh, I, I, I don't know how many she might have, but, uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest, Melanie Dyer? We've got 22 minutes. Go ahead. Well, what's it like to do cosplay? I mean, I have a lot of friends that actually do that, and it looks like it's, you know, it would be fun to do. I mean, I've, I've never done it, but I know I have a lot of friends that have done it, and they seem like they really enjoy doing what they do oh man it's amazing i you know work at a uh, warehouse all year round it's a lot of hard work it's a high capacity you know uh 
this very stressful environment. And then when I get to this event, I get to step out of myself. You get to step out of yourself, out of the reality, out of politics, out of present day, whatever. It can be like you go to uh, what was the other event that happens in a detonation. Uh, I know there's a junkyard festival in Georgia. I mean, just any festival, I mean, of any genre. You step out of yourself into a character you want to embody. You get more courageous. You get more confident. You get more uh, outside of your box. I could tell you uh, at like 17 years old or 12 years old, I could never imagine myself in that type of environment, Mad Max environment ever. I, I never pictured myself until I met my husband, Lobo, here, and he was already like a mechanic. He used to build engines, so that's how he heard about, you know, other people fabricating vehicles all around the world and seeing what they can do, and it was beautiful art. Uh, if you ever get the chance, Wasteland Weekend, it's, it's amazing, you know, just experience it once. But, yeah, any cosplay, you get that freedom, and it, it kind of inspire others, and you kind of build off of that, and then all of a sudden you have this complete community and family that you're a part of and it's just amazing so i mean well that that, that kind of ties that that kind of ties in because see i'm i'm a big huge wrestling fan like wwe wrestling i have a lot of friends that are independent professional wrestlers and you know it's kind of funny that you mentioned that you know you can get away from the reality of of everything i mean that's the way it is for me when i go to these wrestling shows because you know, even though I have this gimmick name, Granny Holster, I'm not a wrestler, even though a lot of people think I am. They, I've had a few wrestlers starting to throw me in the ring a few times. <laughs> but I holler at the bad guys at wrestling shows. I mean, I will get in their face. I mean, I will talk smack to them. They'll tell me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip or don't you have a curfew at the nursing home. And I'll tell him, I'll say, baby, if you're man enough to make me come over here and sit down and shut up, you just come over and do it. And, I mean, I have so much fun, you know, interacting with these wrestlers, you know, and everything. And I try to make it fun for the fans. I make it fun for the wrestlers. I mean, I just have a good time. And I tell you, that just, you know, like two, two and a half, three hours, I can just – you know, I can walk in that building and I can sit down in that chair and I mean like anything that I got going on in my personal life or whatever, I could just leave all those problems outside that door and for two, two and a half, three hours, I am just like the most happiest content person you've ever seen in your whole entire life because I mean sometimes I don't have a voice at the end of the night. Oh, I love it. I love I it. Because I holler so much, you know, and I mean, I I love doing I love doing what I do. So that's that's awesome. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we also and within that event, that same event, Wasteland Weekend, they have something called Juggernaut matches, and I swear you would fit right in. We could totally go, get down on Granny Holster being in that ring and. And slam and showing people what she's got, you know, I can totally see that happening. That would be lovely. Well, I don't know if I well, can. Well, I'll tell you I what, we'll, we'll definitely have to talk about that. Because I've had, 
I've had two knee replacements and a pacemaker, so I don't know if I could actually body oh, we have somebody, someone, but I would someone sure out there I'm trying. <laughs> road rash. We had someone out there, road rash. He had a heart replacement surgery. He's, uh, I think, 80, 80 years old, and he screams on the top of his lungs. I swear to God he gave this to me last um, in 2019, our 10th anniversary event there, uh, where my husband actually was working and built, helped built the entire event with the main guys, Adam uh, Chilson and uh, uh, was Jared, Jared Butler, the two main guys that run the event. Um, but we do this event seven days straight, Granny Holster. You would be immersed oh, wow. more than just hours. It is and, such uh, a tight community out there. It's amazing. So. Uh, Melanie awesome. Dyer is our guest here. We get we got about 17 minutes, uh, and we'll definitely okay. talk about uh, we're definitely going to talk about the event and all that here in a little bit. But I want to bring in our our, our third uh, our third co-host uh, Tatiana. She's uh, on my Granny's on my left, and uh, Tatiana's on my right. As you're listening to your radio, uh, and uh, you might be a perfect guest for her uh, uh, radio show yeah. as well. Tatiana, what do you got for our guest, Melanie Dyer? We got about 16 minutes. Go ahead. Yes, well, I just want to say I love the cosplay. I love uh, the The Walking Dead. Um, I am oh. I'm just happy to be here. Uh, and actually, you guys were so interesting. I like forgot I was co-hosting. <laughs> so sorry, oh. I was like twice. I was listening. Um, yeah, I would love. We can talk about this later, but I would love for you to come on my show. Um, you know, we're here on the radio and we're talking and. I, I mean, I'd love to put out events. I love to, you know, advertise. And I'm, just, oh, I'm, yes, I'm a nosy. Please. I'm a nosy person. So I just, I do. I have questions. Like, um, I just want to know, like, I mean, was this something that you were going for being on TV? Or was this something, I know that it kind of just came to you. But, I mean, like, did you watch Walking Dead and you were like, this is it? Um, were you trying oh. to go ahead and be on TV? Well, actually, initially, not any reality show had inspired me to get out of my skin and, and kind of be brave to attend something like this for the first time in 2000, 2016. It was actually my brother. I was adopted, and my brother had a love for cars, all yeah. sorts of vehicles. And then as children, we had attended what was called a, uh, what is it, uh, where the cars go into each other. Yeah, oh, monster truck? Was it monster truck? Yes. Oh, not oh, monster. I loved them. Oh, okay. Or is it demolition derby? Demolition derby. Demolition, demolition derby, derby where they crash into Dem- each other. Yeah. Yes, and my uncle was involved in that. His name, um, in, his character name was Joe Mama, and Joe Mama was after <laughs> your rear. You were done for. He just was- knew how to cut in at that angle that was just deadly to every car. And <clears> oh man, <throat> normally second or first place at the fairground. So That's that awesome. was what inspired me to kind of step outside myself, spread the word on this, as well as our own event, Montana Quarantine. I mean, I would love to have a community from all over the world. I have friends all over the world that actually do want to come out here to Montana. It's just because of the pandemic and everything. Like, it's just hard travel right now. But once that gets a little more relaxed, I, I mean, I do want to make it such a, a expand it so to speak, not only the storyline on TV, you know, uh, from a comic book, and then uh, to the event that's having more families come together and learn things, you know, and build upon that it's, and have fun, pretty much. I mean, there's a lot of laws and restrictions in other states that Montana doesn't have. 
and to have that freedom and that release to be who you want to be and be empowered by that and then share that with your loved ones. And that's my, that's my biggest goal here. Well, I can't uh, wait till you guys do get a comic book going. Cause I mean, when you're a, when you're a comic book character, like you've made it. <clears throat> oh man. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh, Melanie Dyer is our guest here and, uh, we have, um, well, you know, we have uh we have a good uh 13 minutes here left. Now, I'm going to ask you a few other I'm going to ask you a few of the tougher questions and then uh we'll okay. let you talk about uh, the event and how they can attend and all this other good stuff with that. But uh you know, we, you touched on a little bit with COVID and like I say, we're not going to spend too much time on it, but it, it seems like okay. every area, every state has got a different issue with COVID and how it affected them. Kind of take us through how, in your state, how it affected you. So we had to, especially at my work, uh, had the mask mandate get signed on. Um, at one point, almost, almost uh, forced vaccinations to, to, to continue employment and stuff like that, you know, within our society. Uh, those changes were uh, made. And then also congregation of any kind, you know, big groups. What? Uh, early in the beginning, this was all happening, not later, just early in the beginning when it all started happening, with all this happening. It, it brought on a huge depression in myself and my husband. Um, what? Well, pretty much everyone here. And we thought, you know what? We need to create an event that gets us away from all of this hecticness to also alter the mindset. I think that was changed, like the fear. Um we had people from all over come to that first quarantine, which was back in what, 2020? Yeah, 2020. And Around no one, March, no right? Yep. Got, yep. No one contracted anything. Everybody was healthy. And plus, it, the, the land was spacious to begin with. It's about 90 acres. <coughs> and, the, so, and there's uh, only a million people in the entire state. So we were able to kind of. Uh, utilize that to bring people together and make it something special. And also, you know, shooting is also really restricted in other states, and we're able to shoot on this land and, and have actually a children's shooting contest as well as adult female and male contests, and that has been successful every time we've helped. Yeah, it's been you so know, much and, fun. And, so. and not to be a wise acre here, but on 90 acres of land, it's easy to social distance, I would guess. Right. Yeah. That's so. why. That's where I was getting at. My bad. <laughs> uh, Melanie Dyer is our guest here. We got uh, eleven minutes. Now, uh, this this event, uh, it's obviously a huge event. So we're going to talk about it. First off, tell us uh, when it is, and if uh, if people want to come take a look at it and see it and uh, experience it, what do they need to do? Oh, well, I will tell you about Wasteland for sure. Wasteland is a big, big event, and that happens, again, last week of September. You can go on, uh, what is it, the tic- or Wasteland.com or Wastelander Central on Facebook, and either or, you can, uh, you'll be able to hit the link on their website to get and purchase the tickets. And it's normally just, what, 219 is when we, something around 219, 220 plus tax for the entire week. Um, you get the printout, and then you show up at the gate with the printout, uh, and they kind of just buzz you in, scan your ticket, and you're good to go for the entire week. And also, now, there's you, um, options uh, of volunteering to attend the event for free. 
Uh, Melanie Dyer is our guest here. We've got about uh, 10 minutes left. Okay. So now uh, this uh, this event, uh, do you, uh, that people can come watch, um, do uh, you uh, ever allow uh, participation? Like uh, if someone wants to uh, don a costume and uh, participate, do you guys allow that, or uh, is it pretty much just people watching from the sidelines? It's a full 360-degree immersion. You are in it. So if you're not even in costume, like they've heard away uh, naked people before, you know, because they're like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give us some substance here, you know, especially in the genre of following the whole uh, immersion to continue thickening and increasing and empowering that immersion, making the experience more fuller and wholesome for everybody attending. And that's kind of how our local event is around as well um montana quarantine is we want people coming in dressed in their gear and just wanting to have fun uh, we have photo shoots as well at the same big event full of photo shoots photographers from around the world come we had just a couple of our own photographers from our tribe attend our local event so i'm going back and forth between the two events but the big event is definitely wasteland weekend that you want to check out first it really gives you an awesome idea about the entire 360-degree uh, immersion experience, you know, if you want to experience something. And uh, it's a ticket. you can't get a ticket for that low for a night at a concert. You know what I mean? Like, that is amazing. With us, you're right. just pretty much coming out and having fun. And we're meeting you. If you, 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 uh, you just DM us locally off my page. And then we also have a tribe page that we have to um, – we kind of structure a little bit, but um, it is called Loboslot, right? com, and that has all the information links on there about our local event here in Montana. And we can totally okay. provide any more answers if anybody else has them by DMing us, and there's information on the page there for and that. Which, Wasteland Weekend is amazing. You should definitely what, check In which city in Montana is that in? Missoula, Montana. Missoula, Montana. Town, See now, here. Yep. Now, here's my question, because our our fans that listen here on 89.1 Kens FM, uh, if you go to our Facebook page, Off the Ropes, you like that. You go to 89.1 Kens FM, you like that. Do a ten dollar donation a month to uh, uh, 89.1 Kens FM. We'll get you automatically qualified to uh, get an autograph from a future guest, a past guest, or a present guest. And I know that uh, uh, Melanie, if you can, send us a few autographs, which would be awesome. Uh, but uh, now, uh, give us the dates again—not uh, not the prices, but the dates on when it is. Okay, so the Wasteland Weekend is from September 21st, I believe, to the 27th. Every year, and once a, a year, and it's and it's full week. Yes, full week. And then now, it's definitely, uh, you want to go with a tribe that will get you in a little sooner. Then a week, and you can do what's called pre-setup, um, was it? Is that it? Yeah, pre-setup. So that way you can set up on the ground before the festival starts roaring. And it depends, you know, like, we had a big setup every year, so we always had early entry. And that created the, that extended the experience. So early entry is an option as well. Also, the information's on their website, wasteland.com. 
we have uh, Melanie Dyer as our guest here. We've got uh, six minutes here left. Uh, so now I guess my next question is, you know, because, uh, you know, I've never been the best when it comes to reading maps and navigating and uh, th- that's why I have a uh, that's why <laughs> I have a navigation system uh, in my car because uh, I, I've known to get lost by looking at a map. But uh, Missoula, Montana, is about 14 hours from me. Now, if I uh, now if someone wanted to come and see the event, do they have to go for the full week, or can they like get a like a day pass or like a two day pass? Uh, Take us through so that. are you mentioning, are you, you referring to our local event here in Montana, Missoula, Montana? Yes. Uh, yep. The quarantine? Nope. Okay. So this is how it works. Pretty much uh, what happens is we get to know you uh, uh, pretty much and uh, find out if, what your interests are and all that stuff. We run it through the tribe and all that. Kind of like a preliminary thing because people's families are going to be there and stuff. So then after that, we'll get to know you and stuff and connect. Um, then you would come out. It happens in June, once every year, and it was like mid June. Oh, ends of father, end of father's Father's Day weekend is when it starts for a whole week, and they can choose to leave early or show up later. It doesn't matter because things will be happening all week long. And it was on um, what was it uh, in uh, Ovando, Montana, these last couple of years that the um, yeah, but we, we've moved it around. So it's definitely just keep in touch. And all the information, again, is on com, And you can DM, DM us from there as well. And uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch and keep you updated on when it, as it develops each year. Well, so, well the, reason why I, the reason why I was asking is, uh, do you think that uh, if the icon were to come down there, you might be able to... Uh, Give them a deal on a on a on a pass. Oh, most assuredly. Awesome. Oh, wait, can I be part well, of I'll tell you what. Then? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna plan that uh, to come out in June, and I'll I'll be in contact with you. And I know that uh, okay. you said that you you'd continue to talk to me if I didn't call you at two in the morning, and I do apologize for that because <laughs> time zones are not my strong suit either. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but Melanie Dyer is our guest here. We got about. Uh, we got about three minutes, and real quick here, if our fans want to check you out and see it, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, yes. a Twitch, uh, a Facebook TikTok. What do you got? Melanie, Facebook is Melanie Dyer. I have all my stuff on there. And then uh, the other Facebook is, what was it, Hey Camp. That also has footage on there. And then the last one, Instagram, is Nova Metal 2019. That is the main one. So my Instagram is Nova Metal, 2019, no spaces. Awesome. And and uh, it it sounds like it's a pretty fun time. And uh, I um I I I do plan on coming out there at least for one day. You know, you guys can dress me up, and uh, you know, you can oh, record it and put it. Record it, put it on YouTube, especially if I if I play a character. Uh, that uh, doesn't survive the weekend, I guarantee you all the people, uh, all my fans of the show will be flocking to watch that happen. Oh, man. And we'll get our friend Bill come out. So he has the interceptor he brings every year. And, oh, my goodness, that would be amazing to just do some fun short scenes 
some silly short scenes in our cosplay. That would be amazing. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we got about uh, we got about uh, 60 seconds here left, uh, Melanie. I do appreciate you taking time on your schedule to join us tonight, and we would definitely Thank like you. to have you uh, back on again. Uh, uh, maybe have you back on uh, maybe the week before the event in June or even after okay. the event, so that way you can tell everybody how the icon ruined it, whatever. Uh, but no. we will definitely have <laughs> We we will definitely have you on again, and we do appreciate everything you do, and we thank you for taking time on your schedule to join us. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys Thanks so much for, for having on. me. Oh, thank you. Great. All right. Oh, thank you. All right. A pleasure. All right. And thank you. Melanie Dreyer, ladies and gentlemen, that was awesome. All right. Uh, our next guest is waiting in the wings, uh, but before we uh, go to our guest, we're going to take a quick little time out, and we will be back in about 60 seconds. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost, and it's as little as $10 a month. And help power the tower, as we call it here. But uh, we are going to uh, head right to our next guest here. And uh, I'm going to bring him out of the green room as he walks down the aisle and steps into the ring. He is the living legend. He is Mario Mancini. Hey, this is former WWE wrestler Mario Mancini, and you're listening to the Attitude Era, live on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, and granny hoaxer. How are you, sir? Good to have you. The le- the legend is with us, Mario Mancini, the double M. How are you? Well, it's funny you say that, man, because the, the reason why I became a professional wrestler, I, I said I was going to become a professional wrestler when I was 14 in 1980, because uh, that summer, the real living legend, Bruno San Martino, was retiring, and he was my childhood hero, so... You know, man, there's there's only one living legend. Um, I, if you want to say the living loser legend, I'll take that. <laughs> the, the, the jobber, the jobber legend, I'll take that. You could tell I have no ego, right? The jobber legend, Mario Mancini. There you go. Well, uh, yeah. So yeah, we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna talk about that a little bit, Mario, as we go through the interview. Uh, you have. Uh, well, you have uh, Granny Hulkster on my left, and you have uh, Tatiana on my right. So we're, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a sure. uh, round table, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the difficult questions. Uh, sure. But first off, if you want to give us a little background about your your yourself, then I'll uh, then I can fill in the gaps with my questions, and we'll do the round table. 
Well, okay. On June 20th, 1984, I graduated high school. The next day I turned 18 on June 21st of 84. And then July 31st, I signed my contract and had my first match with Greg the Hammer Valentine. Um, And I stayed with the WWF. Uh, e from uh, July 31st, 84 to April 26th of 1992. My last match was in Huntsville, Alabama with uh, Rick Rude. I have three beautiful daughters, 35, 26, and 15. I've been married three times. And uh, I went to law school. I'm a proud graduate of uh, the Massachusetts School of Law in Andover, Massachusetts. Been with a law firm now. This April coming will be 27 years. So being a being a current lawyer and a former wrestler, uh, I suppose that would kind of help out with the case because you can just say, uh, "Hey, man," uh, to the judge, "Hey, if you don't rule in my favor, I can just pile drive you or something." Well, it's funny people ask me why I wanted to, I wanted to become a lawyer. It's it's like um, you know, it's like a romance for me, really. Um, you know, you walk down the aisle of the, uh, of the courthouse, you open the doors of the courtroom, you go through that half door, which is the bar. That's when they say when you pass the bar, you're allowed to go through that little swinging door. Um, you go through that little swinging door, and that's the arena, and your opponent's on your other side, and the judge is the referee. So it's the closest thing that I could find to pro wrestling without taking the bump, you know? Not falling uh, down. <laughs> uh, Mario Mario Mancini is our guest here, and uh, you know I was going to ask you. Uh, you know, you, you know, you talked about you know the term jobber. So as a jobber, you're really not uh, a baby face or heel, correct? You're more just like waiting for the flavor of the month, so to speak, to come to the uh, ring and destroy you, correct? No, not really. No, I was a baby face. I, you know, tweeners didn't come until. You know, the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I was definitely a baby face, meaning you name any heel from 84 to 92, and I worked with them. Um, so I didn't get it, get the opportunity, although, I, you know, at times I, I played a heel um, a handful of times. Like I, I worked with Tony Atlas in Madison Square Garden as a heel. Um, but I didn't get to work with guys like Snuka and Tito Santana and Ivan Putsky and um, I, I didn't get to work with those guys. I, you know, I worked with, you know, uh, I was the Undertaker's debut match uh, November 19th, 1990. That was actually two days before his live debut in the, the Survivor Series. And it was, because it was delayed tape, they aired it after. So when you want to talk about technicalities, I was his debut match in the WWF. No, I was the debut. Me and F.D. Jones were the debut match for the Hart Foundation. I was the debut match for King Kong Bundy, uh, for Big Bully Busick, for Demolition twice, um, because there was a there was an original partner who got replaced by um, Crusher Khrushchev there, Barry Darso. Um, so, you know, Kurt Henning, Jake the Snake Roberts. You know, um, Rick Rude, you know, Beefcake, Valentine, Ordendorf, you know, all, I, Kamala, the Ugandan Giant, you know, all, all the, the Funk brothers, Terry Funk, Dory Funk Jr., Harley Race, uh, all those guys I wrestled, all the bad guys, 
So, in fact, I, I was a baby face. Uh, Mario Mancini is our guest here. We've got about uh, 24 minutes here with the, the legend, uh, the legendary jobber, as they say. And uh, what's cool about him being a – yeah, what's cool about him being a legend is he's ranked number 419 out of 500 in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Uh, uh, in the top 500, he's number 419. So uh, when you think about it, uh, Mario, what you and I have in common is uh, when it comes to ranks and, like, uh, class, you know, like, you know, you have the top of the class, you have the bottom of the class. Uh, where you ranked uh, with the Pro Wrestling Illustrated is where I ranked in my class uh, at uh, Fargo South High School. Uh, you know, wow. some graduated closer to the closer to the top. I was closer to the last, but that's a story for another wow. time. Oh wow, brother, <laughs> you're you're not alone. I mean, that that was my story in law school too. So don't so I was straight C student. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you on that one. <laughs> Uh, Mario Mancini is our guest here. We got about uh, 23 minutes. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, since you, you know, you're uh, a, a baby face, uh, this won't be quite as interesting. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring <laughs> Granny on first, and we'll bring Tatiana. Uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest, the jobbing <clears throat> legend Mario Mancini? 23 minutes. Well, Go ahead. first of all, thank you for being on our show, and uh, all those names that you mentioned, I'm very, very familiar with. I mean. My husband and I had the opportunity to get to meet Ron Simmons and Tony Atlas um, two or three years ago at an autograph signing. And, you know, I, I and I don't like the heels. I'm not a wrestler, just so you know. I'm just a big fan of the sport. But I can right. talk some pretty good smack to the bad guys when I have to. I get in yeah. their faces. I, that's what I love about these independent shows. And, and Ron Simmons said to me that day, he says, Granny, he says, you're that true fan that we so loved back in the day that we don't see anymore because I'm not afraid to get up, you know. And, of course, you know, when you're at like a WWE show or whatever, you know, it's kind of hard to interact with the wrestlers like you can at an independent show, you know. But, I mean, I've met some pretty big names even at independent shows. I mean, um, I'm friends with the Rock and Roll Express, um, Trevor Murdoch. I've had dinner with Tommy Dreamer and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And what was your favorite thing about wrestling in the WWE? I mean, what was your one of your most challenging matches you had in your career? Well, I got to tell you, number one, you're right about the independent shows because I own my own independent uh, wrestling promotion and wrestling school along with Paul Roma. Um, and we, we will wow. talk about that towards oh, the end That's there. awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so, um, in fact, I, I cut instruction early tonight to, to make sure I was home to do the show. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've had Tony Atlas at our show. Tony Atlas is a very close brother of mine. We, we just did a taco festival up in Maine in October. It was like a half hour from his house. And I said, hey, brother, you want to come down, sign some autographs, make some money? He said, sure. So we had a good time there. Um, you know, what was challenging about wrestling from my favorite part of wrestling was the dressing room. You know what? The dressing room was so much fun. I used to say the wrestling got me in the way of having a good time. The wrestling actually got in the way. That's how fun the dressing room was. Um, wow. You know, between Kurt Henning and, you know, his yo-yo tricks and, um, 
you know, the junkyard dog just put on a show all night in the dressing room. He just had everybody busting a gut. You know, he was, he was, he was a funny guy. Bundy was a very funny guy uh, to the point where when he got out of wrestling, he did some stand-up comedy. Um, I, I, the most challenging thing in the ring with me is, was, you know, driving home from a show, knowing that I put somebody over that I can work better than uh, because they had better politics um, or they were a freak, you know, and I wasn't a freak and, or they, they had a bloodline or, or not even a bloodline. Those guys were good workers, just politics, or they used their gender to, uh, get over. Um, and, and I was a better worker than them. And there, there I am laying on the canvas, you know, looking up at the lights, getting a three count and, this guy can't wrestle his way out of a wet paper bag. That was that was frustrating. I mean, Doctor D broke my nose in two places. Uh, August ninth, nineteen eighty four, in the West Warwick Music Theater, it was my second professional match. Uh, I love David Schultz. We're very close um, um, these days, and um, you know he's a great guy, great family guy. But back in the day, you know, pretty much what you saw on TV was David. It wasn't really a, a gimmick. It was really him. I mean, let's face it. He slapped the hell out of John Stossel, right? So um, right. he was just a tough guy. He was just a tough guy, and that was my welcome in the pro wrestling was a straight right right between my eyes. And uh, I'll tell you what. Oh, wow. um, we, we need to take a quick little time out and play, uh, play a little legal stuff, and then we'll be back with uh, Mario Mancini. We'll be back in just a little bit. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Which Spring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost, and it's as little as $10 a month. And uh, once again, we have uh, Mario Mancini here with us, and we have uh, 16 minutes here with Mario. Uh, real quick here, uh, Mario, I'm going to introduce you to our uh, our other uh, talented co-host. It's Tatiana. Uh, go ahead, Tatiana. What do you got for our guest? Go ahead. 
Hi. Well, I just want to say um, I'm really excited when I seen that the legend was going to be on. Um, I'm I'm 39 years old, but I was into wrestling when I was young. Um, it, it was I, I'm a girl and I'm a tom I'm a tomboy at heart. So I just want to say hi. I'm starstruck. <laughs> um, oh. I know, I know that they – okay, so you were the jobber, and back then I didn't understand that, but now I do. Um, I, this is what you were brought in to do. I mean, did it hurt your feelings when they would kind of call you one of the worst jobbers in the history, or do you not know that? Well, well, he only won three matches. Yeah. I, listen, I'm trying to be nice. Correct, I don't want him to come at me. <laughs> well, I, I – I, Somebody made a Wikipedia of me. I don't know who did, but <clears throat> they, they even had my marriages there and my kids. But, you know, people Google me and they'll go, hey, man, you know, you're one of the top five jobbers in, in the history. Like, you know, I'm in two WWE encyclopedias, um, which states that I'm, I'm one of the most resilient wrestlers in pro wrestling history, which is pretty cool. Um, but you have to understand my goal since I was 14 was to be a pro wrestler. And, you know, in the yearbook, they have like a section for future goals and kids, kids made a joke out of the president of the United States, richest guy in the world. And, you know, I put their professional wrestler, you know, um, so I trained, I trained um, 10 months. I started October of my senior year of high school Tony Altamar trained me, who was um, the Sicilians with Lou Albano back in the 60s. So he trained me. So I was going into professional wrestling with the intention of being a big star and because I was a really good wrestler. So um, I probably, for the answer to your question, that hit me in about 1988. And I... I, um, I looked at Hercules Hernandez and I said, Ray, I think this is it. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think they're going to do anything with me. And he's like, don't worry about it, brother. By the time I'm done, I'll be a better jobber than you. Cause you know, th- that's the saying in the business at the end, everybody's a jobber, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, Chief J Strongbow was like a second father to me. We were very close. And I'd always have it out with him, you know. I paid my dues, or, you know. I, you know, I pulled Vince McMahon over and go, hey, Caesar, you know, we called him, his nickname was Caesar because he was the ruler of the empire. So that was his nickname. Hey, Caesar, you know. Appropriate. <laughs> we did everything. I, I did everything you told me to do. I mean, I did the stretcher matches. I did pile driver on the concrete floor with Ordendorf. I did a big uh, stretcher match for Bundy before WrestleMania three. I did a big stretcher match for Savage before WrestleMania four. And, you know, I just thought by paying my dues, I'd get something, you know what I mean? And um, I'd have a lot of arguments with, with Strongbow about that. About 1988, I, I said, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to do anything with me. So it got in my head. So in 1989, I decided to, you know, fill up the old syringe and give it a, give it a shot. 
And if you really do take a look at me and you take a look at my match, in particular against Playboy Buddy Rose, who was 317 pounds, and I slammed him like he was 120. If you look at me there and look at my match with The Undertaker and everything, you, and you look back at my matches, uh, the earlier matches, you, you'd see a completely different kind of body because, you know, I was all juiced up. I wanted a job, you know. Yeah. And, um and I'd say by 1989, 1990, yeah, my feelings started getting hurt because I felt that, you know, I, I paid my dues. And, you know, it, it, there should be, I should have something, you know what I mean? Um, and that's something, that's something never came. So in 92, we were in Huntsville, Alabama, and um, I just got done working with Rick Rude and I pulled Vince over and I said, listen, I'm going to be 26 in two months. And he's like, wow. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. But since I was 18, are you going to do anything with me? And he gave me the same line, you know, that Pat Patterson used to give me. I like you. The office likes you. Just be patient. And Vince looked right at me and said, I like you. The office likes you. I said, just be patient. He said, I can't do that anymore. I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, do you, you do you, do you feel that, you know, kind of like the, the fall guy? I mean, they like you said, they were giving you these lines, and even though they liked you, you were, even though you weren't good at what you did, but because you weren't supposed to be good, you know, you your time was, was supposed to come, and, you know, they kind of, I, I felt you were you. You know, I, like I said, back then I didn't know. Now it's different because I'm older. Well, the, the things that kept me going were the house shows, so the house shows obviously weren't two and a half minutes on TV. You know, I was, I was able to go out there and work with Iron Mike Sharp for 17 minutes. I did a house show with Don Morocco. Um, I did a lot with Leap and Lenny Poffo and stuff. And, you know, I worked with a lot of guys in house shows. And it, it was rewarding to be walking to the car and have a fan go, Damian Cena, you could wrestle, huh? How come they don't let you do that on TV? Boy, you're really good, you know. And that would keep me going. That would keep me going because, you know, when I was, you know, 18 years and 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 40 days old, Vince was nervous, and Tony Altamar said to him, listen, this kid's the best out of my wrestling school. He's really talented. He's a really good wrestler. And then when it came to those debut matches, you know, that wasn't by chance. Vince put me with Bundy. Vince put me with The Undertaker. Vince picked me for those stretcher matches just before WrestleMania. He, he You know, when the Honky Tonk Man couldn't move, and he had to do a TV match. He had to. They had to get him out there. His pec was so torn, he, couldn't, he could hardly move that side of his body. And Wayne turned around and said, you want to put me out there, you could put me out there, but I only trust one guy in here, and that's Mancini. I'll go out there with him. I know he won't, you know, blank me up. So I went out there with Wayne, and I, you know, I put him over like like crazy. There were guys, <laughs> there were guys I worked with on TV that I had to call moves and tell them how to beat me up. <laughs> okay. Uh oh, we're telling the That's the truth. Uh, Mario Mancini's our guest here. We got eight minutes left now. Uh, 
now I know you. I know you've uh, heard the same old cliche several times, Mario. But you know it is true. I am a big fan of yours, and I, I do. Uh, I am glad that you're able to join us tonight. And uh, I, I, I will admit I have seen a few of your matches. Uh, I uh, and to show you that I am a fan, I know that uh, you are a Hall of Famer uh, in a um, in the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. I know this, and uh, I also know. Um, and now I'm not being a wise acre here when I say this, but uh, and I know that you are not a threat to the Undertaker streak, but uh, I know that uh, you did face the Undertaker, and uh, I, I I know you didn't really come out on the losing uh, the winning end, but you got to admit though, being in the ring with a guy like the Undertaker that's been in the business for so long, uh, just had to be an experience, right? Well, brother, that's the question, and I'm, I'm so glad you put it so intelligently, I have to tell you, because the question is usually this. <laughs> hey, you knew the first match. I go, yeah. Hey, did you know he was going to last 30 years? And I go, no. I go, I was Big Bully Busick's debut match, too. I worked with Skinner, too. Anybody remember these guys? They were in there for like six months. So, no, I, I didn't know he was going to last 30 years. But you know what? You know, Mark, you know, I got funny stories about guys coming in. You know what I mean? I was I was sitting in the dressing room one night, and this guy with hair that looked like a bale of hay came walking by me, and he had an M&M on his trunks. And I went up to Strongboy and go, who's the guy with the hay hair with my initials on his trunks? And Strongbow talked to me like he usually did. He goes, what do you care? Sit down and shut up. You know, I go, no, no. Who's the guy, who's the guy with the M&M on, his, on the tread? Those, those are my initials. He goes, it's the Macho Man. I go, who the heck is the Macho Man? You know, it was his first day there. So, you know, when I, I went to work, well, you know, they put me with Mark for a reason. You know, because it was the first time it, he was going to be out there. And I'm like, what do you want to do? And so, he said, uh, well, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I was I was going to say, you know, you mentioned the Macho Man. So did, uh, when Macho Man heard you talking about him, and you come up and you say, hey, well, listen up here, brother. You win them in the ring, and you're going to lose it in the ring against me. No, but, you know, obviously I said it so he wouldn't hear me, number one. Number two, you know, Savage even TV matches, he had to be calmed down. Like Randy, it's a TV match because he would go over every single move, which would which set an incredible trend today. Because I make fun of my guys. Because listen, when we wrestled here, here I'm wrestling you. I'm putting you over. Your finish is a pile driver. I go up to you and I go pile driver. That's the finish. Yeah. Whether it's TV or a house show. And I go, okay, and I walk away. <clears throat> the house show and you're a heel, I'm going to go out there and outsmart you for about three minutes. And then you're going to stop me and put the heat up on me. And then you're going to miss something, and I'm going to make a comeback. You're going to stop me, and then we're going to go home. You know what I mean? So, so it, it, everything was called in the ring. But Savage had to call everything outside the ring. He had to make sure it went move 
to move. It was very irritating. I give my guys a hard time. I sit there in the dressing room as owner of that company, and I hear these guys talking over the match, and, and they get so mad at me, and I go, and then I woke up, and then I made breakfast, and then after breakfast, I got in my car, and then I went to the gym, and then I worked out. I go, why don't you just go over the whole day? You know, um, so, you know, the business is, 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 is quite different. But back then, Savage, Savage was, uh, you know, he was anal, man. He was really, he was the only guy, really. Um, I'll tell you, some of the best matches is, is not knowing anything. I mean, believe it or not, the best matches. I had a match with Iron Mike Sharp one time. And Greg Valentine was the, the main event as the Intercontinental Champ. And we came back to the dressing room, and he looked at us and said, how the hell am I going to follow that? That's how good wow. that match was with me and my job. Wow. It was really – I mean, listen, there's two reasons why you become a professional wrestler. One is you want to get into the business. And you want to see if you can get marketable in the business and make money. Two is because you love to wrestle. And I'm that latter guy. I just love to wrestle. You know, I just love to go on the road. I love to go into the arenas. I mean, the best thing that ever that ever occurred to me in my career was, you know, when I was 14 years old, you'd go up to the escalator of the Coliseum outside of it you go up an escalator and then there'd be a platform and you would lean on that platform and you would be able to see the guys park across the street walk across the street into the building and everybody would yell a bob Backlund and superstar billy graham and none of them would look up and everything and then four years later you know i i take my car i'm not in the coliseum parking garage now I parked my 1977 big green Thunderbird across the street. I grabbed my bag, put it over my shoulder, and I start walking across the street for the first time, my first match in New Haven. And the kids are leaning over that platform, that rail, and they're going, Mario, Mario, Mario. And I just dropped my bag, and I looked up at them, and I, I had a conversation with them. Because that's what I wanted four years before that. And none that's of them awesome. would do it. And when I, when I did it, when I was able to do it, I did it. The whole, the whole thing was just, a, was just a romance for me. You know what I mean? I just, I just loved it. I loved, you know, filling out an application for a credit card. And it said occupation. And I put down Titan Sports you know, at professional wrestler, you know, and, um, you know, it was just, it was just, you know, I, I never take it for granted. Um, you know, Paradise Valley Pro Wrestling has done a lot of charity shows. Um, you name the charity, we did it. We've done it for a ton of charities and given the gate away to charities. It's just, you know, and being with Roma now 37 years, you know, when, when he started, he was 25, I was 18. Now I'm 55 and he's 62. Lives he I, he lives a minute and a half from me, and um, you know Big Steve Tracy and Paul Perez, who was also in the WWF, um, they were also there. Um, they're my the other two 
to instructors in, in the in, in production in the in the company. And um, uh, I just feel very fortunate. Uh, Mario Mancini is our guest here. We got about uh, thirty seconds here left. Uh, if our fans want to check you out and see you and uh, follow you, what you're doing? You got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Well, yeah, they, they can hit me, Mario Mancini, on Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, they could look up Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling um, and and check that out. Yeah, terrific. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Mario, we thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. We do appreciate it, and you are a hero of ours, and uh, we would definitely like to have you back on again. Uh, and I promise I'll stop calling you at uh, 2 in the morning because, uh, as we've talked about on the show, time zones are not my strong suit, unfortunately. Well, 2 in the morning, you, you gave me a, a, an 11-hour heads up. You're on in 11 hours. <laughs> he gave me a 10 hour heads up So it's okay Listen I, Thanks I for love being on Mario oh, Listen I love doing them I never say no So anytime All you right, want thanks, me on Mario. We can expand Definitely we appreciate it Mario Thank you so much You're welcome Alright Mario Mancini ladies and gentlemen That was, that was an interesting interview And uh he uh, he actually gave away my secret that I uh, I do give people countdowns, but uh, our, our next guest is waiting in the wings. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll go to our next guest uh, uh, in a second. But uh, we need to take care of some business. Uh, we will be back in sixty seconds. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public Radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost. And it's as little as $10 a month. On Facebook, you like that, and you do a $10 donation, uh, we'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph from our future guest, a past guest, or a present guest. And speaking of present guests, uh, we have got the coolest actress ever to grace the airways here at Attitude Air Live. Ladies and gentlemen, as she steps out of the green room and walks down the aisle, she is the very beautiful and lovely, she is Donna Hamlin. Hey, this is Donna Hamlin. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hey, Donna, how are you? Thank you for joining us. And you have uh, 
uh, Granny Hulkster on my left, and we have uh, Tatiana on our right. Uh, what I will do here is I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then uh, we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions, and we'll have some fun. So how are you tonight? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on this fabulous show. This is really exciting for me. I do appreciate you saying that. Now, if you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, and then uh, uh, I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do the roundtable, and then we'll come back to me. I'll ask you the tougher questions. Oh, boy. Okay. Do I need to, like, start chewing my notes? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I am a, a Las Vegas, Nevada-based actress, and I started out in modeling. Um, I had an agent here. Well, I had several agents here. You know, I did auditions for Disney, everything, did local commercial work, stuff like that. And um, then I, I met somebody through Ted B. Michaels, the Ted B. Michaels uh, producer, who introduced me to the horror genre, and I absolutely fell in love with it. I'm like, wow, this is great. I can work all the time and, you know, have fun with my craft and not just spend time auditioning for like a 10-second spot in a commercial. So. Here I am. Uh, I have, yeah, I've, I feel very, very lucky and blessed to be where I am in the industry. Uh, Donald Hamlin is our guest here. We've got about uh, 35 minutes here with Donna. Now, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the different movies that, that you've been in. Uh, and, uh, you know, you'll probably say, oh, you're just saying that. You've probably never seen them. But I, I've, I've, seen, uh, I've seen a few of them. Uh, like, for instance, one of my favorites of yours will always be Hellcat's Revenge and oh, uh, God, yeah. uh, Angel of Reckoning. Um, you know, those are my two favorites, and I know you've been in a few. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you come from a long line of uh, actors and actresses in your family. We'll talk about that, too, in a little bit. But uh, what, what's cool, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, your grandmother, and uh, I'm only going to touch touch about this for a little bit because this is your time. But uh, your grandmother did a lot of uh, a lot of movies with the Duke, did she not? Okay, she did. But let let me clarify that most of it was what we call featured background, to where you're in the background, but they will put you in front of the camera. So she she never starred in them. She, the speaking part she had was that of a featured extra. And for those of people that don't know, if um, a lot of times films, commercials, whatnot, they have people come in to fill up the atmosphere, which they need, and that's basically you're considered uh, extra or overboard. So people call it different stuff, atmosphere, yeah. Um, but uh, she was good. She had a very unique look, uh, so they used her a lot in in front of the camera, um, even though she was not credited on any of the movies. You know, uh, speaking of that, uh, you know, I'm I'm so popular uh, in Hollywood. I I do a lot of work behind the camera, so they don't ever see me. But that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a story for another time. Uh, we have Donna Hamlin as our guest here. We got uh, 33 minutes. So now um, with. Uh, uh, I want to talk about uh, uh, one, like I say, my favorite uh, movie, Angel of Reckoning. When you uh, when you got the role for the movie, did you um, did uh, did did they come to you, or did you have to do like months of auditions to get the role? Kind of take us through on how you uh, got the part in the movie. 
Well, fortunately, I had worked on a, a movie a year before that with Lynn, and um, it was just a, a, the opening scene, and that movie was just released. Oh, crap, I'm having a, a blank in my mind now. Anyhow, he asked me uh, to be in that part, um, and I was completely flattered, and I didn't realize the intensity and, you know, all, all that was combined with it. Uh I, you know, you memorize lines all you want, but when you get on set and you realize how much that part depends on you to make the film really go in certain directions that the director producer wants it to go, <clears throat> then it's like, okay, it's it's a whole different thing. So, yeah, Len asked me to do that. I love Len. He's a fabulous, fabulous producer director. I would work with him any chance that I got. If I couldn't this last month. I couldn't get away because I was doing a, have a business deal here at home I had to attend to. But um, So I, I did that, and then he asked me to come back for the part in Hellcats Revenge, Rosie. And I love all the movies I do. I love all my characters, but I have to say uh, Rosie has got to be my most favorite character I have ever done in a movie. Now, uh, I, I hate to ask this, but our, our fans know it's coming. Do you think maybe you can get your favorite producer to be a guest on our show? Well, I'll certainly ask him. He's very generous with that. I'll certainly ask him. Awesome. Uh, we have uh, Donna Hamlin as our guest here. We've got about 31 minutes here. Uh, and like I say, I wish it was 31 years because I have so many things to ask. And uh, you have so many projects in the wings that uh, I want to talk to you about. We'll, we'll, we'll get to a few of those. But uh, before, we, uh, before we do that, I'm going to introduce you to my first co-host, uh, Granny Hulkster. Uh, go ahead, Granny. What do you got for our guests? We have Donna Hamlin. Go ahead. Well, thank you for being on our show tonight. What is one of your most favorite memories i know you probably have a lot of favorite memories over the years with the different movies that you've done but what was one of your most favorite scenes or favorite memories that you did from one of your movies um well first of all hi granny <laughs> granny hulkster it is right that's such a cool name yes um i like I just uh, mentioned, Rosie from Hellcat's Revenge was my mm-hmm. ultimate favorite character to play. Um, I did a scene uh, two years ago in Oregon. Uh, the producer is Jeff Schneider. And the scene that I did in that movie happened to be with my best friend, who's also an actor. And so that moment that we captured the reality and made everything so magical in our in our scene, it, I have to say that that was my fo- favorite moment in a scene and second was on ted v michael's um 10 violent women part two which sadly was never released uh where i had to play a singer and i had to memorize all these songs and lip sync and i've never done anything like that wow. i just went out and i'm like i'm just gonna wing it and i pulled it off and i was like oh my god i feel like a damn queen <laughs> yeah wow. so those That's are awesome. those have got to be a uh-huh it is a great feeling <clears throat> That's awesome. That's that's awesome. Uh, Donald Hamlin is our guest here. We've got uh, 29 minutes. Now, I'm also going to bring on our, our, our other co-host, Tatiana. Uh, she also uh, has a little radio show, and uh, she might even uh, want you on her show, too. But, uh, Tatiana, what do you got for our guest? We have Donna Hamlin. We have 28 minutes. Go ahead. 
Hi, it's so great to meet you, and I definitely would like you on my show. That would be an oh. honor for me. Oh, uh, I would be honored, Tatiana. Thank you. It's great to meet you. Thank you. My show is called Tokyo-ish, and I just wanted to say uh, the first time that I actually, like, recognized you, um, my dad was playing uh, the CD-ROM of Caesar's World. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, my no. God. That's so funny. I've never been able to watch that ever. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I literally just put it together. Like, I was <clears> like, <throat> I know exactly who I'm talking to right now. <laughs> so I'm Oh, so that's so excited. funny. Oh, my God. Uh, I wow. I brought up a bass. This was like a, it's like a, for people that don't know, a CD-ROM, obviously. Uh, back in the day, it was like a this gambling like thing. And I don't even remember. Cause I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm only 39. So I was, I was, I, I wasn't, I was into it, but I wasn't into it. And, you know, you're looking at what your parents are doing that you don't. Um, but when I really, really decided that I knew that I liked you, um, cause you're considered a, a screen queen. Yeah. You, yeah. I've been, I, I get called that. Yes. Okay, and that is, I'm this big, I'm a big horror movie fan, and again, my, my parents always grew up watching everything, and, you know, I'm always, like, with the top ten Scream Queens, and, I mean, I, I think I think you're great. I mean, again, I'm all star Oh, my God. I forgot I'm on the show. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Oh, my God. You just made my evening. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. I haven't heard anybody bring up that game. I do remember in that game because we had to do different characters running through Caesar's Palace on the strip and changing clothes. Oh, it was crazy. But I do remember if you lose, you get me. I do remember that. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to lose all the time next time. I'm going to ask my dad, do we still have the CD-ROM available? So, so, so am I. <laughs> oh, you're awesome. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, that's so funny. Wow. Look, I uh, see what's the blast from the past. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so long ago, and now here I am making movies. I went from that to this, and it's like sometimes you forget where you came from. I totally, completely forgot about that game until you mentioned it. It was a long time ago. We'll have to play uh, that together. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, what, I'm, I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to ask, uh, I see, I'll admit I didn't know about the game. I'm going to ask about that. Because we do, we do have a lot of, we do have some gamers in the audience. Uh, we have uh, Donna Hamlin as our guest here, and we have about uh, 26 minutes. Now, uh, real quick, Donna. Uh, now, like like I keep telling everybody, uh, I'm not trying to be in a wiseacre with this statement, but uh, you know, uh, every uh, here in Fargo, usually in uh, October, uh, the end of September, beginning of October, we have what they call uh, grind flicks trailers. And uh, the first movie of yours I ever saw was on Grindflix uh, uh, trailer reel, and the movie was Killer Biker Chick. <clears throat> oh, boy, yes, yes. <laughs> that I'm was like, done uh, about 10 years ago, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. And uh, it's like uh, I, I'm sure you, you, you wanted it, uh, you uh, you know, you don't want it to be associated with grind flicks, but I mean, it, it, <laughs> after I saw the trailer for that movie, it's like I had to go out and find that movie and I had to watch it. And then I watched it again and I watched it again and I still have it on VHS. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll admit it's, it's a pirated copy, but that's another story for another time. We don't, uh, <laughs> 
We we don't condone that here on the show. Uh, Donna Hamlin's our guest here. We got about uh, 24 minutes here with Donna. So now you have um, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on uh, currently. Do you not? You're involved in a lot of projects, uh, correct? I well, I am. I mean, of course, like. 2020, 2021 kind of sucked for all of us, you know. But uh, so I have not filmed. My last time, um, well, my last shoot I actually filmed was in January of 2020, and I'm just dying to get back out there, you know. Uh, some people are like, well, let's hold off, and others are still filming and just being cautious with the virus. And me, I'm just like, I, I just, I'm just like itching to get back in front of the camera and create, you know. So. But, yeah, the last time I filmed was um, January 2020, and it was a film called Uncommon Bond, which was completely mostly improvised. And that you can get uh, Joe Sherlock released that on uh, his Skull Face Astronaut uh, page. But that's basically about a woman who loses her son, and she's trying to cope by doing a vlog. And it, I, when I was first given the script um, through the writer, Luc Grenier, I was like, how am I going to make this work? Because my husband was so much younger. So we got together. We masterminded this, this, this. And, and I was amazed that we actually made it work. But it did. And it's getting really good reviews. It was a very intense uh, movie to film. You know, and uh, for those of fans that uh, are uh – I mean, we have we have a lot of fans here in the chat room that uh, that want me to ask you about this, this, and that, and uh, you know, uh, they get a lot of. Uh, I know that a lot of our uh, listeners uh, go to IMDb, but one uh, one uh, listener is asking me about uh, the king, the swordsman, and the sorceress. Uh, could you tell us about that? Okay, that's with pro- uh, producer Jeff Schneider, who I've worked with a few times. Um, he's amazing. That movie is not yet to be released, or I mean, to, to be filmed. It's in pre-production, and I think he's he's in post-production of two other movies. I'm not exactly sure when he's going to start that, but I know it's a um, it's a big plus on on him that he wants to get that done, and uh, he, he's amazing. I have no. Let me tell you, Jeff, when I was there last time, he filmed three movies in a week. And I was like, how is he going to do this? My God, he did. He did a fantastic job. So I wouldn't doubt it if next time he films, he's going to throw that in there. So that's that's from producer Jeff Schneider, and it's in pre-production. And, and you were in uh, all three of those films that he filmed in a week? Um, I was in two of them. I was in uh, Loose Luck, which I just saw the screener for. It's actually pretty a thrill seeker, and I was in Alien Wars, who and, stars uh, in, Luke Vignet. And uh, Loose like Luck, that. you actually your character's name is actually my favorite name of all time, Nadia. Nadia, really? <laughs> Nadia. Um, not, I know it kind of sounds like you got to say it like that. Yeah, you got to. You do certain names just are pronounced that way, right? Uh, yeah, yeah no, Loose Luck w- was very intense to film. Um, she's like the girl next door, just a, a play. And, and believe it or not, and a lot of actors will tell you this: the normal everyday people are the hardest people to <clears throat> play and create and make it look real. It's weird, but it's true. 
and you have, uh, time, have... you have to spend time with them like like you know to do that you have to spend time with them to catch their mannerisms and you know no no you don't sort. because no, no, it, it, that would be easy if you could do that. But w- what it is, like like Nadia it was the lead in this movie, and as I said, she was the girl next door, but you have to find all that within yourself. Playing a character, I mean, I, if you look at um, Evil Under the Skin, I was playing like this total weird chick. I mean, that was just like came natural to me, <laughs> if you will. Um, but Loose Luck, just playing in there, it, it's like because you have – boundaries that you cannot go out of when you're trying to make that look real on screen and it's it's very very difficult to do without playing yourself and uh loose luck i guess is uh, uh the release date is supposed to be one year from now uh december 30th of 2022 and uh like i say if you can uh, if you can hook us up with uh, jeffrey schneider i'd i'd love to uh I'd like to have him on the show, and he can pitch any project that he's got going. And, uh, you know, I can uh, also try and get a job. Um, you know, I'd be willing to carry <laughs> his bags and get his coffee. And Now, like, if you and you yourself, if you need a bodyguard, I mean, hey, I can uh, uh, I mean, I can get coffee, and I can get cappuccino, well, and I, did I can like carry bags. I did, like, 10 years ago. Where were you? <laughs> I didn't know bodyguards yeah. got coffee. Yeah, well, that would be my bodyguard's job, part of their job, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm usually the nice one getting coffee for people. So, yeah, we'll, I'll help you with the coffee. How about that? Awesome. Uh, and I can I can give you my great recipe for making uh, a, a great dark roast coffee. Uh, we can talk about that another time. Uh, Donna Hamlin is our guest here. we got uh, 18 minutes. Now, we're, we're not going to touch on this too much because, you know, it is kind of depressing. But, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, COVID a little bit. Uh, how – kind of take us through a little bit on how that did sideline you. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, being locked down, you know, for two months and then trying to get back into the chaotic world and not traveling. I'm used to flying several times a year and filming and being with my friends. I mean, that's like my true joy in life is that. Um, And to not be able to do any of that, I have felt, I have never felt so lonely in my life as I have the last two years because you know, you have messenger, you have face, you time, you have all this, but it does not compare to actual touch and hug of a human being. And, you know, 99.9% of the people that I have filmed with in this industry have become my really, really good friends. And so with that and just not being able to film, um, it, it, you feel, I'm sure I'm not the only one and I'm not boohoo me, but uh, you feel like, you know, a big part of your life is taken away. And it's like, what do I do now? You know, Donna Hamlin's our guest. Yeah, Donna Hamlin's our guest here. We got about seventeen minutes. Now, uh, when you, um, you know, you mentioned that uh, you know he's uh, one of your all-time uh, favorite, uh, you know, producers. Uh, is it one of those deals that uh, all he's got to do is call you, and uh, he, uh, you're right there, or uh, you know? Do you have to, like, put on a schedule, or how, how does that work if someone wanted to uh, have you in their show, like Jeffrey, for instance? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, first of all, um, 
again, 99.9% of the producers that I've ever worked with, if they gave me a call, I'd be there in a minute. I'd be there in a heartbeat. Uh, I would do, I've worked with some fabulous, fabulous producers and directors. Um, so, it, you know, with, with Lynn, um, I'm hoping, if he's if he's listening to this, I'm hoping that I could call him and say, you know, hey, I'd like... I'd like to, to have just a bit part or something, and he, he would trust me. He's trusted me so far, but, I mean, he's got some an amazing array of actors that want to work for him. Um, I I so badly, because we got a lockdown and everything, and he just started filming Pact of, Vengeance, of Vengeance um, with Mickey John Mickey Thor, and, oh, my God, just if you could look it up on IMDb, the, the cast is amazing, but... I wanted so bad to call him up and say, listen, I'll just come and do craft service so I could just be there and watch the acting and this, you know. So, I mean, that's how much I respect. And I would do the same for Jeff or any of the, the people that I've worked with. Um, there's, I've had one producer many, 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 many years ago um, that I had a, a bad experience with. But other than that, I have nothing but the most respect for, for anybody else. So I would be hoping I could call them and they'd say, yeah, but, but who knows? I don't know. Maybe they're like, no, she sucks. I don't want her again. <laughs> well, you know, with that being said, though, you know, have have you ever had a situation like, uh, is there any type of role that's out of your wheelhouse that you will not do? I mean, you mentioned that you're you're a scream a scream queen. Well, we can talk about that a little bit because uh, I know when I call you at two in the morning, I can hear you screaming all the way from Los Angeles because I'm calling you again. I understand that, but you know. But anyway, <laughs> is is there is there any kind of role that's like uh, out of your wheelhouse that you will not do at all? Um, you know, with an actor and trying to be creative, the only thing that I will not do, I will not do full nudity. Um, and I actually had somebody write a movie that wanted me to do full nudity and be the star, and they wrote it with me in mind, and I was completely, completely grateful and honored. And I told them, I said, listen, I won't do the full nudity, I said, because I just don't have the body for it. He's like, I can make the camera look. I said, I just don't feel comfortable doing it, you know. So other than that, um, you know, I pl- I played in Misery uh, in a play, Stephen King's Misery. I had to break somebody's legs and, you know, uh, I-, I mean, it would be very, very tough to be somebody that, like, harms a child or a disabled person or something. But what you have to do is bring that out in the character and make it work, and you just find a way to do it to where it does but um would i do those roles yes i would would it be enjoyable no it'd be very very difficult because you a lot of times you have to find that in yourself you know so well you know you you know you know you and i understand you know i understand the whole not want to do uh the full nudity thing i understand that you know but um and i you know i'm not just saying this but uh i i've seen many pictures of you like the like the the card I made for you, that little collector's card I made for you. I mean, you, you're a beautiful actress, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the show with us, but you are beautiful. You know, oh, I mean, bless your heart. Thank you so much. Thank you. You, you know, and it, it you know it's awesome. And uh, the the cool thing is, what you know, you've you've done a lot of stuff on the big screen. Let me ask you this: Would you ever uh, trans, uh, you know, um, 
translate down to like the like the small screen, like the television, and do like a uh, like a TV series uh, or something like that, uh, or would you just because you're already on the big screen, you want to stay there? Um, well, that's a very good question. Uh, you know, it. I can't say I wouldn't do a TV series. Of course, what what actor or actress wouldn't? <laughs> but um, I I I do like being on the big screen. Uh, doing a TV series, uh, I mean, to me, I just see their day full of learning lines, rehearse this, this, and what I do is I get to dig in and do the creative part of creating a character. Uh, take Rosie for example. That to me is so much fun because I find all these little nicks and cracks and oh she could do this and this and this and I write it down when I'm reading the script and then I'll do even more in person I don't know if per, uh, people on a series can do that I've never been on a series so I can't really say but that's my take on it as long uh, as the creative there uh, Darna is our guest here we got about uh, 12 minutes now so with with, with uh, with all the stuff that you're you're doing now and all the stuff that you've done in the past, I'm kind of curious, and I'll understand if you don't want to answer this, but is there any role that you played that you're like, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have done this? Oh, there's a lot, a lot, yes. And, and it's not because of who <clears throat> who I worked with or the movie itself. It's because I'm my worst critic, and I'm like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have tried to pull that off or whatever. Um, usually I will tell a producer ahead of time or a director if they want me for something. I'll say, you know, I, I really just don't think I'm right for that part, but I think this person or that person is. I've done that with Ted several times, Ted V. Michaels. Um, but uh, so, I mean, I look back at some of my early work, like even in Killer Biker Chicks, I was given the script the day of shooting. I had no idea what it entailed or what I was supposed to do. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, wow. You know, uh, <laughs> it, it is kind of grindhouse, you know, and it's it's almost like people veer it as a cult movie. But I look back and go, oh, my God. But other than that, um, I, I don't think so. Because each one has been a learning experience, and I feel like I have grown sense and I learn from what I've done so I don't know if that really answers the question or not well uh, you I, it actually does it actually does pretty good uh, I guess I guess the next question I have then is uh, you know you mentioned that uh, you know you, you you say you might not be right uh, you might be might not be right for a role but you say well this person might be great uh, you know maybe you can um, Maybe you can throw out my name to a director and say, "Hey, uh, this egotistical maniac in Fargo, North Dakota, would be perfect for that because he he gets shot in the first five minutes. He'd be perfect." Oh, you're a first on my list. Trust me, I I I've got your back, buddy. I will. <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh, hey, I I I work for uh, as long as you as long as you give me a, a couch to sleep on and a couple of hot dogs. And uh, maybe uh, pay my rent for the month. Uh, I'm in. And I, I I I don't work for much, you know. Yeah. Well. Well. Welcome to the world of acting, because that's pretty much what what it is for everybody. <laughs> and that's uh, okay. Donna Hamlin's a... done that one. Right. <laughs> you what? Uh, Don... You'll have to share the couch on that one. <laughs> yeah. Probably. You need a fold-out couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
uh, yeah, have me sleep with a dog or something. Uh, Donna Hamlin's our guest here. We got about nine minutes. So now my my next uh, qu- set of questions is uh, dealing with um, you know uh, as you're filming uh, the the movies that you're in, and uh, you know they always talk about you know dailies and all this stuff. By the time that you're done filming a movie, you've probably seen every scene like 50 times, right? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, the the scenes that I've done or who was on before me or sometimes after maybe. But other than that, um, I, I mean, yeah, it's here's the thing. They always say make best friends with the editor because they will make or break you as an actor. Um, so th- there's been times where, yeah, I've seen, done the scene, um, usually not 50 times, but, I mean, there's been some where it's done several times. And uh, it's like, okay, that one felt good. That one felt good. Uh, But by the time it comes to watching it, the editor might, oh, I like this piece and that piece, and it might look totally different. I'll give you an example. I did a movie once. I had this character build up where I was a doctor, and I was trying to um, tell about paranormal, this and this. So I was very confident, very sophisticated. And the editor who who did the movie, he was – pretty green at it and he did it as a favor um super super nice guy i won't mention the movie or his name but when i saw the edited version it was it, i mean i walked away from this feeling like good i i felt good about what i did and by the time i watched it it looked like i didn't know how to act i was like wow that's not what i did well you know speaking of you know being friends with the editor have you ever had like a scene that you've done let's say for instance it's a 10 minute scene and then you're watching the movie and you're like wait that was 10 minutes why is there only four minutes of it has that ever happened uh no because i know a lot of it's cut the the movie work you know they can't have like you know three hours of of scenes and then people get bored if it's drawn out too much so you know in editing and post sometimes you know it will be longer, and sometimes it will be shorter, and sometimes you'll end up, you know, in a can on the floor. They won't even use a scene. That's happened plenty of times, too. So I don't get disappointed or anything like that because I know they're doing what they have to do to make the movie work, make you know, in the end, make it a good product. And, and I think there's one time, time uh, – go ahead, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say there's been a few times where I've tried to use little quirks, you know, this and that, where it's like, oh, I hope they keep that in because it shows with my character. You know, I come up with all kinds of little gadgets and gadgets with my characters, and, and they haven't. I was like, oh, well, it's okay. At least I had fun doing it. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, one time you described yourself as uh, o- uh, old world with exotic flair. Is that correct? I did not say that about myself. Somebody else said it in a, a magazine interview. Um, so it, I think on IMDb it reads that I've been told that I this, 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 which I find very, very pleasing. Um, I think that's a wonderful compliment. You know, and, uh, you know, when you when you do all these interviews, uh, I, I was always curious about that. I mean, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, that's not how you quoted yourself, but that's how they took dramatic liberties. Do you ever, like, do an interview and then it, it comes out in a magazine stand and you read it like, wait, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. How often does that happen? That's never happened to me. 
so very for, I'm very fortunate, but it's, that's never happened to me. Um, there, there was one time where there was um, a miscommunication with the pictures, so I had to stop the, the print in a magazine at no fault of theirs um, and no fault of mine or the middle person. But other than that, and, and they did, and I was bummed. But um, but other than that, no, I've never never come across that. I, I would let them know, and, and I would stop it if it did. I'm, I, I don't like people putting words in my mouth or anybody else's for that matter now is there any role that uh that you've always wanted to play that you hope to play like uh, maybe like uh like a biography like a biographical film or um like is there like one role that you've always wanted to play that you're you're still striving striving to play yeah well um oh god a biography that would be that would be tough to pull off i really give these actresses and actors credit that can do that because that's not an easy thing to do. Um, I have to say I love doing horror. I love being, you know, called this green queen. And, I mean, the intensity is amazing. I love doing action. I love doing thriller, which is a lot what I've been geared at lately. Uh, But, I mean, to me, like the most ridiculous, uh, nerdy character, I mean, to me, I, I... and I may have a chance to do that next year in a film called The Accident, uh, if Jeff Schneider decides to do it. Um, she's just the character is just ridiculous, and to me, that's that's what I would love to play. Um, I played it in a 48-hour film festival because they asked, "Do you want to be part of it, Donna?" I said, "Only if I could be like this total geeky nerd girl." <laughs> and, and so, but I haven't had the chance to really put that on a large film, and that would just like totally rock my world if I could do that. And uh, for those of you who have uh, never uh, seen our guest before, Donna Hamlin, uh, and uh, I, I hope you you won't get upset with this uh, comparison, but uh, Donna. She she's kind of like a cross between Lucy Liu and Xena the Warrior Princess. I think she would be great as a big screen ad- adaptation of Xena the Warrior Princess. I mean, I think you'd be awesome with that. I agree. Well, that's oh, thank you. That's also been like a big fantasy of mine to do because I used to be a professional fencer and I knew I used to do show swords, show sabers, everything like that. So I always thought that would be super, super cool to do. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Donna Hamill is our guest. We only got a, a few minutes here. Uh, if um, if our fans want to check you out so we can do this, uh, do you have a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a website, a TikTok? What do you got? I'm boring. I have a, only have a website. <laughs> you could catch me. My website is... Uh, www.donnahamblin, my name, uh, Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. It's it's usually kept updated all the time. Unfortunately, it hasn't been updated in 20 years because I've been boring for – or not 20, excuse me. It hasn't been updated in two years. but then, of course, you can contact me on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram. Again, my Instagram post is like the last two years have been my animals and kit and you know the the boys, and that's it. I'm like, I need to get a life. I need to get some films on here. So, uh, so I guess you could say that uh, being on our show has been uh, 
one of your biggest highlights in the last two years then. Yes, it has, but it would be regardless. So That's awesome. Uh Donna Hamlin's our guest here. We only got about a few minutes here. Uh I do uh I do want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. You have been most awesome and uh if we haven't uh, scared you away too much, we would definitely like to have you back on again. Uh and uh if you can uh hook us up with uh, your favorite producer there, uh I think that'd be awesome and like I say, we'll uh we'll pitch anything he's got and uh we'll uh bring our masses to his films and uh I think that uh, Jeffrey would be a great uh, interview. Um, seeing as how his uh, last name is uh, the same as my mother's maiden name, so it's so we're uh, in good company there. I will definitely contact both of them tomorrow um, and let them know that you would love to do an interview. They're both very nice people. Um, I'm sure if they have the time, they wouldn't have a problem with it. So, and you would have a lot of fun interviewing them. And I'm trying to think of right, and I then know. also uh, one last uh, thing for our fans here listening: you go to our Facebook page, Off the Ropes, like that. You go to 89.1 Kens FM's page on Facebook, like that. Do a $10 donation a month to help power the tower. Uh, we would appreciate that, and we'll get you qualified uh, to win an autographed picture from a future guest, past guest, or present guest. And uh, I'll understand if you uh, turn me down for this, Donna. But would you be willing to send us a few autographs for some giveaways? Absolutely, I'll do it. Awesome. I'll send you the I'll send you that information. We do thank you for joining us and you have been awesome and uh um I know I kept you a little longer than I promised, but I do thank you for uh taking time out of your schedule to be with us tonight. Thank you. Well, thank Thanks, you guys. Donna. You guys are all awesome. I look forward to thank talking you. to you guys again. You're amazing. Thanks, Donna. We love you. All right, ditto. I'll talk to you guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks, Donna. All right. Wow, Donna Hamlin, what an awesome interview. That was great. Uh, We got about a few minutes here before. Yeah, we got a few minutes here before we got to wrap up the show. And, uh, you know, um, uh, as you know, well, as, uh, you know, Tatiana, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I was, uh, I've been auditioning the whole night to be a guest on your show and uh, yes. hopefully, maybe we can make that happen. Oh, listen! You won me when you when when we talked on on uh, Facebook real briefly. I was like, "Look at that nice handsome man." <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you calling me handsome. Uh, I I must have the wrong uh, picture. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, well, like I said, well, I, t- I, I loved it. I can't wait. I I really would love you on there. I would love uh, Granny Holster on there uh, on my show and all your guests. I mean, you've amazed me. I've been starstruck. I forgot I was on a show. All right. Well, before we uh, sign off here, uh, tell us again uh, how they can catch your show. All right. You can go uh, on Spotify, uh, on Megaphone, on New Age Radio, Amazon, all the platforms. It's Tokyo-ish podcast. That's Tokyo and then I-S-H-H. And my name's Tatiana Vitello. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube, Snapchat, Twitter, The Clapper, all of them. It's all Tatiana Vitello, our Tokyo-ish podcast. That's I-S-H-H. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We got the 90-second cue, so uh, we want to have everybody be safe. Uh, Join us at the same time next week, 89.1 Kent FM. And until next week, uh, 
be nice to each other, love each other, and we will see you all next week. Be looking for our Facebook page to find out who we got on next week. We love you all. Talk to you then. You think you know me. Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.